The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week for episode 206. I am feeling good. I am so happy to be here. My dog is sleeping at my feet. And so I have to find the right balance while I'm on this microphone of being engaging and exciting because I know you need that kind of engagement and excitement to get you guys interested about what we're talking about this week but also not so engaging and exciting that I wake my dog up and then she starts barking and then I have to record this over again. So it's a bit of a delicate balance we have to find this week, but I'm sure we're going to get it done and my feet are feeling nice and warm with my furry dog at my feet. Thank you all for listening this week. Thank you for throwing us the nice ratings. Thank you for the reviews that you give on the various podcasting platforms. Thank you for the nice emails that you send, either saying, hey, I'd love for you to interview this person this week, or hey, Ryan, great job with the podcast. Just whenever you check in, whenever you say hi, it means a lot to me. And thanks a lot for just telling a friend about the show. Thank you for going to the indie artists in your life or anybody else you think cares about the music industry and telling them about this podcast so we can grow this little community that we've built together Gosh, I just appreciate it so much. All right, let's get right into it. No interview this week. I had an interview scheduled, but we have to push it to next week because now we got to talk about Taylor Swift. We got to talk about Taylor. So the interview will wait because, oh, what a crazy 72 hours it has been with Taylor Swift and with Big Machine. And even when I say it's a crazy 72 hours, that alone is pretty funny because I was about to say what a crazy week it has been because so much has happened in the last 72 hours with this Taylor Swift big machine thing that I thought surely this must have been at least like been going on for a week. But no, this all happened about two or three days ago and it's just been madness since then. Taylor Swift and big machine have taken over the music industry. It is nuts right now. And so we need to talk about it because Whenever a Taylor Swift music industry story comes up in the news, we have to discuss it around here. It is break the business podcast law. Because so often, when Taylor Swift is in the news, it is frequently a story that allows us to have a broader discussion about the rights of indie artists and the dangers of working with record labels and the painful things that record labels can do to your music career. And in Taylor's case, the painful things that labels can do to your career long after you're signed with that label and you're not even with that label anymore. So there's a lot of lessons here, and I'm glad we're talking about this. And what a crazy 72 hours it has been. My goodness. All right, let me catch you up on what's happened. For those of you who uh, maybe have missed some parts of the story or have just been under a rock for the last three days and or have just been on like a, a music industry fast and don't know what's going on, let's catch everybody up. So... As many of you know, almost a year ago today, it's almost a year to the day actually, Taylor Swift left her longtime record label, Big Machine. And part of the reason why she left the label when she could is for the same reason that we often advise artists on this show to never sign with labels. Because because she was in that record deal, Taylor didn't own the rights to her recordings, and she wanted to own them. 
So she had the market power now to be able to go and get a new record deal that allowed her to own her masters, which is rare, by the way. Most artists don't have that luxury, but Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift. She's the queen of the universe right now. And so she can she has the power to get a deal like that. But when the split happened, it was, to put it mildly, unamicable. It's not been pleasant between Taylor Swift and Scott Borchetta and Scooter Braun of Big Machine. There have been lots of stories of bickering between Taylor and Big Machine and Taylor and Borchetta and Taylor and Scooter Braun. And it's, 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 been, it's been really messy for the last 12 months. And it all mainly stems around something Taylor wants to do now that she's out of the Big Machine deal, which is re-record new versions of the songs that she made while she was an artist with Big Machine. Songs like Shake It Off, songs like Tim McGraw, songs like Love Story. And as soon as the contract lets her do it, that's her plan. And so, obviously, Big Machine's not very happy about this. They know if there are new versions of these songs being recorded, it might make the old versions less valuable. And so, Big Machine, uh, Taylor Swift, things aren't exactly copacetic at the moment. And things have really come to a head in the last two or three days. So, on November 14th, Taylor Swift tweets out that Big Machine told her that they were going to prohibit her from singing her Big Machine songs, the pre-2019 songs, during the American Music Awards on November 24th. Because, and big, according to Taylor Swift, Big Machine is arguing that her old contract with Big Machine prohibits her from re-recording her old songs until next year. And they're also, according to Swift's tweets, refusing to license the rights to use Taylor's old masters that Big Machine owns in a new Netflix documentary being made about her life, as well as some other projects that Taylor wants to do that are uh, on the visual side. So here I'm quoting from Taylor Swift's tweet here. She wrote, Scott Borchetta told my team that they'll allow me to use my music only if I do these things. If I agree to not record copycat versions of my songs next year, which is something I'm both legally allowed to do and looking forward to, and also told my team that I need to stop talking about him and Scooter Braun. So that's the deal. According to Taylor Swift, she's saying that Big Machine's saying, you can't, record, you can't perform your old, your old songs at the AMAs, you cannot use your old recordings for these new Netflix projects, unless you agree to not re-record the old songs next year as you're planning to do, and you have to top stock, uh, stop talking smack about Scooter Braun and Scott Borchetta. And so within, gosh, 24 hours of Taylor making this tweet, Big Machine puts out a statement largely denying the allegations. Quoting from the statement here, at no point did we say that Taylor could not perform on the AMAs or block her Netflix special. In fact, we do not have the right to keep her from performing live anywhere. And so then in response to that statement, and again, this has all happened in the last two or three days. So, I mean, news is traveling quick in the Twitter era. So in response to that statement, Taylor Swift's publicists puts out a statement that features a quote from an alleged email from a big machine rep telling the publicist that the label would not issue the master use license for the various Taylor Swift projects. So who's telling the truth here? I don't know. It's a really messy situation. And it's entirely possible that by the time this episode comes up on Sunday morning, it's only going to get messier. I, I might I might not even have all the details for you just in the time that I've recorded, because in between the time when I've recorded this and when it goes up, who knows what might be happening in between. I mean, in the last few hours before I started recording this, the Music Artists Coalition put out a statement about this. Musician Ryan Tedder brought this up. Even Congresswoman 
Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez weighed in on the Taylor Swift big machine feud. This has literally reached the halls of Congress. And then now I think the most recent update I have is that on Friday night, Entertainment Tonight reported that Big Machine Label Group's headquarters was forced to shut down because of threats against Big Machine uh, Big Machine employees that was stemming from this Taylor Swift Big Machine feud. Wow. What, <laughs> what a busy few days it has been for uh, people in the Taylor Swift world and the Big Machine world. So now what I want to do here, while I have you all for this podcast, is I want us to get above the noise. I want us to look at this situation from the outside and try to get some insight on the issues involved as best we can. Because my goal here is not to figure out who's right in the Taylor Swift big machine feud. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I don't want to do the he said, she said. I don't want to, you know, try to read the tea leaves and figure out who's being honest, whose statements are more accurate. That's not really what this podcast is about. This podcast is about empowering indie artists like you. And so what I want us to do is learn the greater lessons from this. Learn the lessons about what it means to be an artist in today's music industry like you are and what lessons there are to gain from this saga in how to best protect yourself and the art that you create. So to do that, let's break down some of the questions that have arisen from this Taylor Swift big machine feud. Talk them out first and then try to gain the bigger lessons from that. So first question that I think a lot of people are asking on Twitter a lot of music industry people have weighed in on. There are a lot of different points of view. The question that a lot of people are asking is, can Big Machine actually stop Taylor Swift from performing some of the old Big Machine songs like Shake It Off at the American Music Awards? And now at first blush, it would seem that the answer is no. Big Machine only owns the copyright to the recordings of the old songs, just the recordings, not the old songs themselves. And thus, Taylor should be free to perform those songs at a live TV event as long as she doesn't use those old recordings. And to Big Machine's credit, they seem to acknowledge it as much in their statement following Taylor's tweet. But then again, what about the part in Taylor's tweet in which she said that Big Machine told her team that they're not going to let her perform those songs, that they're going to say that she's not allowed to perform those songs at the AMAs because the TV performance might involve a re-recording of some of the old songs in some fashion. Ooh, this is an interesting claim. This is, this is a, a lot to sort of parse through. It is true that most record deals have restriction clauses in them that say that an artist cannot re-record new versions of their songs that the artist recorded for a label, and usually there's some kind of time limit on how long that restriction lasts, usually for a certain number of years after the agreement's over. But would a restriction like this prevent Taylor Swift from performing one of her old songs on television, performing one of her old songs on television, not recording it, under the idea that it might be possible that this performance might actually be recorded in some fashion for this TV show, and thus the re-recording restriction gets triggered. Whew, that is a interesting argument. Obviously, we would actually have to look at Taylor Swift's old Big Machine contract to have more insight on this, but I can tell you this. Based on my own experience, the argument seems like a bit of a stretch. Though we don't have Taylor Swift's old argument, old agreement in front of us, 
I, in preparation for this podcast, I did take the liberty of looking through some of the old record deals that I've worked on for artists. And really, here was my goal, is I wanted to look through all my old record deals that I've worked on and try to find the meanest, nastiest, most anti-artist re-recording restriction clause I could find and say, okay, if this clause doesn't, you know, see if this clause would allow or not allow Taylor Swift to re to reperform these songs at the American Music Awards. And so if that clause would allow her to do it, then maybe we have a decent argument that the big machine clause would probably allow it as well. So I actually have that clause in front of me. I'm going to read it verbatim. I, I promise you it is a short clause. I, I, I'm trying not to make anyone fall asleep here, but here's how the clause reads. Artist will not perform for or in connection with the recording or exploitation of any phonograph record embodying any composition recorded by artist under this agreement for three years following the expiration or termination of this agreement. In connection with the recording of any phonograph record. So, this mean, nasty clause that I found, the meanest, nasty re-recording restriction clause that I could find, says that the artist cannot re-record phonograph records of old songs for three years after the agreement is over. Phonograph records, albums, singles, the kind of stuff that you'd get on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, or at Walmart. So even that really mean, nasty, anti-artist clause does not contemplate an artist doing a performance on TV that might be recorded for one reason or another. That's that's just not what re-recording restrictions are meant to limit. Re-recording restrictions are about preventing an artist from getting in the studio and re-recording old songs after the agreement's over because it might make the old recordings worthless. Not to prevent an artist from performing at the performing old songs that they own the rights to the original songs for at the AMAs. So I think Big Machine's argument here is weak, to say the least, although I would love to actually see the original record deal to know more. And really, the whole thing is particularly silly. Because if the label's going to play hardball with Taylor Swift at performing these songs at the AMAs, they're just being spiteful for the sake of being spiteful because they're leaving money on the table. If Taylor Swift were to perform these old songs at the AMAs, if she performs Love Story and Shake It Off and Tim McGraw and, gosh, I just love every song in her catalog, but if she were to perform those songs, all the people watching the AMAs would go, oh, man, yeah, I really love that song. I forgot about that song. I'm going to go stream it a billion times. And so Big Machine is going to miss out on streaming money just because they want to be spiteful and not let her perform these songs at the AMAs. So... If, if that is what Big Machine's doing here, they're just being spiteful for the sake of being spiteful, and they're hurting themselves just as much as they're hurting Taylor Swift. So it, it, it's a silly proposition if this is indeed true. Second question. So that's the first question. We talked about whether Big Machine can stop Taylor Swift from performing the old songs at the AMAs. And now let's move to the second question that a lot of people are asking. Can Big Machine prevent Taylor Swift from using her old master recordings on these new Netflix-type TV projects like she's doing? This is actually an easier question than the first one. The answer is yes. They can prevent her from doing this. Big Machine owns these masters. They can license these masters to anyone they want or to no one, including Taylor Swift herself, the person who recorded them. Now, as I said just a, a, a few uh, 30 seconds ago, 
If Big Machine is indeed preventing this from happening, as Taylor Swift's publicist tweets claim, then Scooter Braun and Scott Borchetta are being really petty. And perhaps even worse for this industry, they're not being particularly good businessmen either. Because if they're not going to license these music, they're missing out on sync fees. They're missing out on big-time money to get these songs in the documentary or any of these other TV projects that Taylor wants to do. And again, as I said before, Big Machine's going to be missing out on all of the money they would make from all the people who watch these Netflix specials and go, oh yeah, I remember that song. I love that Taylor Swift song. I'm going to go listen to it on Spotify and Apple Music and Tidal and all these other platforms. So again, Big Machine's leaving money on the table for reasons that may very well be ego-driven that they feel slighted that she left the label. They feel slighted that she's threatening to re-record these songs. And so they're just going to make her miserable, even if it means them missing out on some serious money. So I hope that, I mean, I hope that Big Machine is being honest when they're saying that that's not what they're trying to do here. But the evidence, there is evidence that seems to suggest that is exactly what they're trying to do here. But it just stinks that a label like this could be letting ego get in the way of an artist just trying to you know use their music. And so that's the that's the saga. I believe I got everybody caught up. <laughs> but what's the bigger lesson here from all this? It's the one that we talk about often on this show. You got to go your own way as an indie artist and you got to protect your works and you got to give serious thought to signing a record deal, especially in this new music industry where it is more possible than ever for you to achieve great things in music without a major record label that's going to own your masters and could potentially make your life miserable. Because as a story like this shows, a record deal can mess with your career for years. They can mess with your career for so long that they can even mess with your career in Taylor Swift's case for long after the, the contract is over. Because they can say things like, oh, we're going to use our re-recording restriction clause to prevent you from doing some of these projects you want to do. And we're going to take the fact that we own these masters and use that ownership to restrict some of the projects you want to do. That really stinks. And so you need to give serious thought in your own music career to whether having these restrictions in your life is something you want to deal with. Because even for somebody as powerful as Taylor Swift, they're potentially holding her back. And so for somebody like you, give some thought to whether you want to really do things that are going to build success on your own terms. Because I think that's what you want to do. You want to build success on your own terms without a label. So that when your own Netflix special comes along, you own all of your recordings and you can license them to whatever you want without any difficulty because they're yours. Because your art, the thing that you created with your own blood, sweat, and tears and creativity belongs to you, the person who created it. That's the world we want to create with this music industry. Hey, thank you all for listening this week. This was a has been quite quite a 72 hours, and I appreciate you all hanging in there. Thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.